T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Preview 2022 podcast presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be with you throughout the entire tournament, breaking down the biggest upsets, moments, and matchups throughout March Madness with our local Locked On experts and Odyssey betting experts, RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. But to kick off the series, we want to introduce you to all 68 competing teams in the men's tournament. I'm Nate Dickinson, and I'll take you from the first four through each quadrant of the bracket as our local experts give you everything you need to know about each and every team competing in this year's tournament. Today, we start with the West and the East quadrants and the first four teams competing in those regions, composed of Rutgers, Notre Dame, Wyoming, and Indiana. So everyone, of course, happy to be here as the last four at-large teams in, but of course, everyone wanting to go on a little bit of a run now, too, as well. Let's start with Rutgers and the Scarlet Knights, an 11 seed playing in the play-in games in Dayton. About a month ago, they weren't sure they would be in this field, but went on a hot streak to end the regular season to help secure a bid. And now Locked On's Jay Stevens says that the Scarlet Knights can use the experience and rely on their senior leadership to push them past this first four and further into this tournament. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jay Stevens of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, a team that was thought to be going to the NIT this time of year, is going to the NCAA tournament. They'll be facing Notre Dame in the first four. If they win that matchup, they'll face the Alabama Crimson Tide in the first round of the NCAA tournament. What do the Scarlet Knights need to do to move on to the second round of the big dance? Number one, they'll need to rely on their leaders, Ron Harper Jr., Geo Baker, Paul McKay, they need to rely on them. We have seen Rutgers pull off a monumental upset by beating Purdue earlier in the year, and they'll need to do the same thing it did in that game, follow the leaders to move on to the second round in this tournament. Number two, play sticky defense. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish have, are a team that has numerous guys shooting over 50% from the field and numerous guys that are shooting over 40% from three-point land. Sticky defense right in their hip pocket not allowing them to get a free, clean release, that is a great way to slow down Notre Dame and winning in the first four. And then last but not least, play your hearts out. Rutgers is not supposed to be here. Many people think if you get past Notre Dame, you're not getting past Alabama. Play your hearts out. It's the big dance. Lay it all on the line. You have no idea what's going to happen if you don't do that. Rutgers is going dancing. And in the words of Jim Valvano, I'll leave you with this. Family, religion, and Rutgers basketball. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish get Rutgers and the Scarlet Knights as the other 11 seed playing in the West region's play-in games. Irish just barely squeezed into this tournament, but felt a little bit wronged by having to play in these games in the first four. The Fighting Irish will try and use defense and that chip on the shoulder to try and advance, as Locked On ACC's Candace Cooper explains. What's up, everybody? Candace Cooper here, Locked On ACC Podcast. And man, oh man, the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame are in. And they will face Rutgers for the opportunity to be the number 11 seed in the West region. They face off on Wednesday. They are going to have to have really good games out of Cormac Ryan, Blake Wesley. More importantly than that, they're going to have to have sound defense. Mike Bray is one of the best when it comes to second half adjustments. So what will we see from the Fighting Irish? I think a really hungry team that knows they should be in a better position than what they are. But hey, there's no time like March Madness to get it done. 
The Wyoming Cowboys get the last mid-major at large seed in this tournament and will face off against Indiana and the red-hot Hoosiers in the first four. But Isaac Shade of Locked On explains that Wyoming's hoping to use a unique kind of offense down low to pound the Hoosiers in the post and hopefully move on to the next round. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from the Locked On Podcast Network. Wyoming got an at-large bid out of the Mountain West Conference, but they're going to have to earn their way into the main bracket by way of the first four. On Tuesday, they're going to take on the red-hot Indiana Hoosiers, whose great showing in the Big Ten tournament landed them in this field. The winner is going to earn the 12th seed in the East, where they will take on the fifth-seeded St. Mary's Gales on Thursday. Wyoming wins a lot at home thanks to the crazy high altitude in Laramie, but they're going to have to go now prove that they can win away from home. The hope for the Cowboys, though, is that their unique offense is unlike anything anyone has seen, and the Hoosiers only have two days to prepare for that. They relentlessly pound the post over and over again, and so the hope is that super senior Hunter Maldonado and his 18.4 points per game, 5.7 rebounds per game, and 6.4 assists per game can move Wyoming on to face St. Mary's. As mentioned, the Indiana Hoosiers are one of the hottest teams in the country right now, and now after a run in the Big Ten tournament, are in the NCAA tournament for the first time in six years. Jacob Root of Locked On Hoosiers says that the key to the Indiana win here in the first four is staying hot, using the stars that have gotten you here, and using that home court advantage of being closer to Bloomington while playing in Dayton. Jacob Rude, host of Locked on Hoosiers here. IU is back in the tournament for the first time in six years. Maybe a bit of a surprise that it comes in the playing game. But Indiana has a bit of a favorable matchup against this Wyoming team. For one, it's going to be in Dayton, only a couple hours away from Bloomington, right in the middle of Hoosier country. Uh, but for two, they're one of the hottest teams in the country, uh, playing uh, at a very high level after that Big Ten tournament coming up against a Wyoming team that is trending the other direction. So as long as the Hoosiers are able to keep Trace Jackson Davis hot, uh, keep playing well offensively, and continuing to lock down defensively as they have all season, uh, I'm pretty optimistic that Indiana is going to come away victors in this one. We'll have co more coverage on this playing game over at Locked on Hoosiers. Moving out to the west side of the bracket and going top to bottom, the number one overall seed in the tournament is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They're of course not expecting a loss then as the top seed facing off against Georgia State, but locked on Zandy Patton does point out that the Panthers are on a hot streak on the other side, and if Gonzaga isn't careful, it could get tripped up here early in the first round. Well, to no one's surprise, the Zags are once again the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, playing in Portland, Oregon, and taking on the Georgia State Panthers, the automatic qualifier from the Sun Belt Conference. Gonzaga needs to take care of business against a team that has won 10 games in a row. They play at a very slow pace. They were in third place before winning the conference tournament. This is a fairly dangerous Georgia State team, of course. Gonzaga should be able to handle things and move on to a second round game, which will be a super interesting matchup. They will play either Leon Rice's Boise State Broncos, which will be a fun rematch against a former Gonzaga coach, or they will play Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers, a team that has disappointed throughout most of the season, but has a ton of raw athletes, incredibly athletic team that if they turned on and bring it, it will be a nice, nice matchup for the Zags. Well, Georgia State knew that it wouldn't have an easy first round matchup here in this tournament draw, but getting the number one overall seeding in Zaga is, of course, not what it was looking for. However, Isaac Shade is back in and has more on how Georgia State can use its experience to try and shock Gonzaga and really the rest of the world with a huge upset in round one. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from the Locked On Podcast Network. Sunbelt champion Georgia State has earned the 16th seed in the Western region where they will face... Number one overall seed and title favorite, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. For the Panthers to be able to advance, they're going to have to rely on their experience. They have four seniors in their starting lineup, two of whom are super seniors. And we all know how important that level of maturity is come this time of year. As evidence, the Panthers have won 10 in a row and 12 of their last 13. Defense is the team's calling card. 
Corey Allen is the scorer to know, and big man Aliel Sosime is the heart and soul of the team. Boise State comes in as an eight seed and with a tough matchup to start off against Penny Hardaway and Memphis, Andy Patton's back in, saying that the defense will be key in holding down the Tigers and securing the first round win. After storming through the Mountain West Tournament and narrowly defeating San Diego State, Leon Rice's Boise State Broncos are in the NCAA Tournament as a number eight seed facing off against Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. Memphis began the season as a nationally ranked team, but a four-game losing streak in non-conference play and a plenty of strife within the program pushed them out of the national conversation and onto the bubble. They played well down the stretch, minus their final game against Houston in the American Conference Championship and their high level of athleticism with Amoni Bates and Jalen Duran on the wing should make this a really tough matchup. Boise State's patented defense and clutch shot making will need to be on full display for them to secure a victory. If they do so, they will move on to a very tantalizing matchup with number one seeded Gonzaga, where Coach Rice was, of course, a longtime assistant under Coach Mark Few. Well, with the nine-seeded Memphis Tigers, you always knew that the talent had been there under Penny Hardaway, but the execution had not early in the season. Memphis, of course, turned it around enough to make this NCAA tournament, but the big question going in for the Tigers is which team do we get here in the first round and then, of course, onward if the winning keeps happening? Isaac Shades back in to try and figure that out here as we look at this first round matchup. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from the Locked On Podcast Network. Memphis earned an at-large bid out of the AAC conference and will be the ninth seed in the West taking on Boise State. On paper, Coach Penny Hardaway has one of the most talented teams in the country, but they struggled out of the gate and in January, the NCAA tournament seemed like a faraway dream at the low point of the season when Penny was lashing out at reporters in a news conference. Since then though, He's made the decision to play his best players. Freshman Amani Bates has been out with an injury, but also was already reduced in minutes. And since then, the Tigers have reeled off 10 of their final 11, including a regular season sweep of conference champion Houston. The other touted freshman, Jalen Duran, has been awesome. And if you haven't seen him, you need to get eyes on him immediately. Turnovers could ultimately doom the Tigers, but if they move on to the second round, it will be because of their continued growth on the defensive side of the court. The UConn Huskies are eager to get back to NCAA tournament play after an early exit last year and enter this tournament as a five seed. Our Locked On's Tyler Aki says the key to them beating New Mexico State in the first round is doing the hustle things, getting out in transition, and working for those second chance points. This is Tyler Aki from the Locked On Podcast Network. The Yukon Huskies, the fifth seed in the West region, they will take on New Mexico State. The key to beating New Mexico State? Create yourself some transition opportunities. A team that is loose with the basketball can lead to a lot of UConn points the other way. Not to mention the fact that the Huskies are the best offensive rebounding team in the country as well and are looking for a little bit of revenge after being knocked out in the first round last year by Maryland and they're paced by their senior point guard, RJ Cole, who has been fantastic over the course of his Husky career. Be sure to check out Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling on their bracket breakdown. You can find it on your favorite school's Locked On podcast feed or their YouTube channel. New Mexico State makes pretty common appearances in the NCAA tournament, but missed out last year, back again this year as a 12 seed, and it could have an upset on its hands. The star guards, Andy Patton says, could make the Aggies one of your big upset picks in your bracket this year. Andy Patton here with the Locked On Zags podcast. The WAC champion is once again the New Mexico State Aggies. They missed out in 2019-2020 when Grand Canyon upset them after an undefeated regular season, but they are now back for the eighth time in the past 10 seasons after completing a stellar season with a 26-6 record and defeating Abilene Christian in the WAC championship. They have historically been a trendy 12-5 upset pick, and this year will be no different thanks to stellar guard play from Teddy Allen and Serge Ibari Rice, but a lack of three-point shooting could hurt them against a very, very good UConn squad who have won seven of their last nine games and nearly sunk Villanova in the Big East semifinals. 
The Aggies haven't advanced in the tournament since 2015, but this year's team is deep, they are experienced, and they could pull an upset in the West region. While the Arkansas Razorbacks got a top four seed out of the SEC and instead are going to have to play a bit of a road game to start off the tournament, though, as they face off against the 13-seeded Vermont Catamounts. John Neighbors of Locked On Razorbacks is in to tell us how exactly Arkansas tries to navigate what could be a bit of a hostile environment to start off the tournament. The Arkansas Razorbacks are officially heading to the NCAA tournament up in Buffalo, New York, all the way up there in the Northeast. They're going to be taking on Vermont in the first round game. It's a four seed versus a 13 seed, but Vermont is a very dangerous team. We're going to talk about all the March Madness, all the great matchups that Arkansas could potentially have if they continue to advance into the NCAA tournament. And of course, you can catch it all on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm going to be up there live in Buffalo all week long as well. So I'll give you the great coverage of everything going on right there in the NCAA tournament. So you will need to subscribe, like, whatever needs to happen to be able to be able to listen to all the coverage of the NCAA tournament on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Coming up next, we'll hear from the other side of that matchup between Arkansas and Vermont and every other team on the left side of your bracket in the West and East regions. We've got that coming up as we continue on with the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Preview 2022. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Preview 2022. Let's continue along down our bracket as we go along with our Locked On hosts on what each team needs to do to start off on the right foot and get a win here in the early rounds of the tournament. We'll continue with the Vermont Catamounts. We mentioned before we went to break Vermont playing against Arkansas in the first round of this tournament. The Catamounts haven't lost in regulation in 2022. Vermont can shoot. It is one of the best shooting teams in the country going into this tournament. And Tyler Aki's back in to tell you more on how Vermont pulls off the upset here in round one. I'm Tyler Aki from the Locked On Podcast Network. The Vermont Catamounts are your 13th seed in the West region. They will take on fourth-seeded Arkansas. The Catamounts have been one of the most consistent teams night in and night out in the entire country. They went 17-1 in the America East. And not just that, they are the third best shooting team in the entire nation as well. That comes largely in part because they have three guys shooting 41% or better from distance. And they also have not lost a game in regulation since December 7th against Providence. However, over the course of that stretch, they have only played one team that ranks inside the top 200 in Ken Palm. That was a victory against Colgate. Be sure to check out Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling as they break down the entire bracket. Find it on your favorite school's Locked On podcast feed or their YouTube channel. The Alabama Crimson Tide will play the winner of the play-in game between Rutgers and Notre Dame. And our Locked On Bama host is looking at that matchup and looking at the rest of the matchups in the West. And they're saying that this is one of the toughest draws out there for any of the tournament teams. He's in to tell us more on what Bama needs to do to try and fight its way through it. 
Hey, everybody. Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama. Um, the question of the day is, what will it take for Alabama to advance in the NCAA tournament, given that the bracket literally just came out? My answer is pray. Um, this bracket is extremely tough. Alabama's going to face either Notre Dame or Rutgers, depending on the winner of that game first. That's going to be difficult. And then you should have to play Texas Tech, a team that could literally hold us to 40 points if we don't start shooting the ball better, and I mean really quickly. And if we're fortunate enough to win that game, we're probably going to have to play Duke. And if you're fortunate enough to win that game, you got to play Gonzaga again. So, yeah, I think Alabama's got a pretty arduous path. But, uh, hey, it's the tournament, second year in a row. Be happy. Don't worry about it. And uh, just let the rough end drag. Roll tight, everybody. The Texas Tech Red Raiders got in as a three seed in this tournament, something that Tech fans are pretty happy about as they've had some pretty good success as a three seed before. With more on the road through, again, a really, really tough West region, Emery Lida comes in to recap what Texas Tech needs to do to get a win. Emery Lida, co-host of Locked On Texas Tech here. And the Red Raiders come into this tournament as a three seed in the West region, playing in San Diego for their first round matchup against Montana State. And this is this is a place that Texas Tech has been the last couple of tournaments that they've been to. They've been a three seed in 2018 and in 2019, and both of those tournament runs went very well for the Red Raiders, if you recall, including the last one in 2019, going all the way down to the last Monday night. Being able to be in a region with Duke and Gonzaga obviously isn't ideal, and certainly you would have liked to be in Fort Worth, but still, this is a spot that Texas Tech can do, can make do of. And certainly, I mean, being in the West region, you've got some good teams. You've got the prestige of playing against a potential matchup with Duke in the Sweet 16, as well as a fun potential matchup against Alabama in round two. But first, they've got to get through a, a Montana State team that won the Big Sky Conference and has looked pretty good down the stretch of the season on Friday afternoon in San Diego. Montana State is the 14 seed facing off against Texas Tech, and that Red Raider defense is one of the best in the country. It's become known for that. So how does Montana State get through it? Well, the key, get into the line and getting turnovers. Tyler Rocky's back in with more on the analysis on what Montana State needs to do to pull off a big upset here in the round of 64. This is Tyler Aki from the Locked On Podcast Network. Your 14th seed in the West region is the Montana State Bobcats. They will face Texas Tech in the opening round, and it is always going to be difficult going up against a Mark Adams-led defense. The top defensive team in the country are the Red Raiders. However, this is a Bobcats team that can get to the free throw line. They've got the fourth best free throw rate in the country, and they're hitting on 75% of their attempts as well. If they can force turnovers against a Texas Tech team that's a little loose with the basketball, 295th in the country in taking care and turnover rate on the offensive side, then they will give themselves a chance at pulling off the upset. Don't forget to check out the Bracket Breakdown with Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling. They'll go over all your gambling lines and also get you the picks that you need to make to have a winning bracket this year. Check out your favorite school's Locked On podcast feed or their YouTube channel. The Michigan State Spartans are a seven seed as one of the nine Big Ten teams in this field. It got a matchup that had been projected for a while in Bracketology and facing off against Davidson. But how does Michigan State win a game to start off this tournament that will, again, despite Michigan State being the higher seed, feel like more of a road game to the Spartans? Our Locked On Spartans host, Matt Sheehan, is in to give you all the details on how Sparty gets it done. Man, she and Lockdown Spartans, your team, every single day, and uh, it, it happened. The matchup that we all saw coming since, oh, probably January, honestly, if uh, you kept up with Bracketology. Uh, Davidson, yep, yeah, we're seeing Foster Lawyer, uh, old friend of the program of Michigan State, uh, will be playing in the first round. Not upset with the seeding. Seven seems pretty appropriate for Michigan State. Am I really thrilled at the fact that Davidson kind of gets a home game, and then, well, of course, you take on Duke in the next round? I no, but I guess of all the two seeds, it's not the worst thing in the world to get one that just lost uh, one pressure-filled game against Virginia Tech by, like, what, 15? And then lost another pressure-filled game, Coach K's final game, by 13. So I maybe the Blue Devils feel some pressure going on, but hey, we can't worry about that because uh, we got a big first game. The line's already come out. 
Davidson, one and a half point favorites, so I, we'll talk about it on Lockdown Spards. Your team, every single day. Davidson got into the tournament as an at-large bid and a 10 seed despite losing in the A-10 championship game. And the Wildcats can shoot, not unlike one of their notable alumni, too. So they can use threes and stretch out that Spartans defense in a way that could lead to the upset. Andy Patton tells you more. Andy Patton here with the Locked On Zags podcast. The Wildcats of Davidson are back in the NCAA tournament for the fifth time in the past 11 years, securing an at-large bid despite getting upset by Richmond in the A-10 championship game. Davidson is a 10-seed squaring off against Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartans in the West region. The Wildcats may not all be Steph Curry from beyond the arc, but this is an extremely dangerous shooting team led by Foster Lawyer and Hyunjin Lee, And if they can get hot and spread out Izzo's defense, this could be another early exit for a Big Ten powerhouse and a nice feather in the cap for what has been a really nice run by Davidson under longtime head coach Bob McKillop. The Duke Blue Devils come into this tournament as a two-seed out of the ACC. Some think that that may be a little bit high for Coach K's final season. But of course, Duke has the talent and it has that motivation of this being at any point Coach K's final game with a loss. It shouldn't have too much trouble with Cal State Fullerton, though, and according to J.J. Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils, as long as Duke does what it's supposed to do and does well, it shouldn't have any problem moving on here out of this first round. This is J.J. Jackson with Locked On Blue Devils. Duke has earned a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. They will take on Cal State Fullerton in the first round. Duke is in the West region and will play their first and second round games in Greenville, South Carolina. For Duke to defeat Cal State Fullerton, Duke is going to need to make shots from the outside and play their game. Duke's size and talent alone should be enough to pick up the victory and advance to the round of 32. For more on the Duke Blue Devils, make sure you check out Locked On Blue Devils throughout the entire week. Cal State Fullerton's making just its third ever NCAA tournament appearance and of course happy to be here as a 15 seed. The committee was not kind in drawing Duke for a Cal State team that has not won an NCAA tournament ever. It's going to be a tough one if Cal State wants to get this big, big upset. And Andy Patton says that it pretty much all needs to go their way if they want to be able to move on. Andy Patton here with the Locked on Zags podcast. The Titans of Cal State Fullerton are in the NCAA tournament for just the third time in school history after defeating Dan Monson's Long Beach State squad in the Big West title game. Their reward is a first-round matchup against Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils, a chance to play an incredible history-defining spoiler if they can find a way to secure a victory. Duke has not been playing their best basketball lately with losses to North Carolina and Virginia Tech on the last two Saturdays, but Paulo Bancaro, Mark Williams, Wendell Moore, and A.J. Griffin is a really really tough lineup and Fullerton will need every single bounce to go their way to advance for what would be just the first time in school history while ending Mike Krzyzewski's career in Durham. Moving on to the East region, the number one seed is the Baylor Bears. The reigning champs, despite going one and done in the Big 12 tournament, do not fall off the one line and now get Norfolk State. Our Josh Neighbors says that it shouldn't be, of course, too much trouble to get in the first round win, but he goes more into what needs to be done to make another deep run and defend that title. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Time for another Locked On Now. The final region, East region, of the NCAA tournament was just announced. The Baylor Bears at 26-6 and are your number one seed in that East region. This makes them the number four overall seed. They'll start off their campaign in Fort Worth, Texas against Norfolk State. Baylor at 26-6 got a share of the Big 12 regular season title this year before coming up short against Oklahoma in their first round matchup of the NCAA, excuse me, of the Big 12 tournament. Also in this region, if Baylor were to beat Norfolk State, they would play the winner of Marquette, who is the nine seed, and North Carolina, who is the eight seed. So interesting 8-9 matchup right there. Other dangerous teams in this region, UCLA as the four seed. They have a first-round matchup against Akron. Also, Texas, the Longhorns, are in this region 
as well. Purdue is your three seed. Kentucky is your two seed. So plenty of credible threats. The red hot Virginia Tech Hokies have a 6-11 matchup with Texas in the first round as well in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So this is a very interesting bracket. Maybe not as uh, you know, not as lively as that South region is, which appears to be a very difficult region. But um, this is a region where I think you know uh, expectations are Baylor, Kentucky, UCLA. I think would be the three favorites. Sure, Purdue is right there, but I think because Kentucky had such a great season. Also, because Baylor is Baylor at this point in time, we start penciling them in for good runs every single year. And also, UCLA, I know they came up short in the Pac-12 championship game, but they're starting to look like old UCLA. So a very credible threat there are the UCLA Bruins. But Baylor, once again, the story here, they get a one seed. There were some questions, but the Big 12 gets two number one seeds in the 2022 NCAA tournament. We'll have a full breakdown of this coming up on tonight's show here on Sunday night. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. Of course, Norfolk State knows it has a huge challenge ahead of it in trying to knock off the defending champions, but they do have some upset experience. Now, if Norfolk State does make this one a close one, there are names you need to know and our Isaac Shade has all of them for you here on the preview. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from the Locked On Podcast Network. MEAC champion Norfolk State earned the 16th seed in the East Region where they will play the fourth overall seed and reigning national champion Baylor Bears on Thursday. For the Spartans to advance onto the second round, they're going to have to find a way to not be overwhelmed by that Baylor defense from Scott Drew and company that has risen them to the top of the sport over the last three years and ultimately decimated Gonzaga's offensive juggernaut in last year's national championship game. The Spartans had a long COVID pause back in December and January, but have recovered and are now 9-1 in their last 10 games. Keep your eye on Joe Bryant Jr., who's scoring 16.6 points a game and is fifth in the nation in free throw percentage at 92%. Also, Norfolk State's had the magic before. A decade ago, back in 2012, as a 15 seed, they upset the number two Missouri Tigers. Can they do it again? We'll find out on Thursday. The North Carolina Tar Heels are now in the tournament, but without Roy Williams for the first time. They're playing in an 8-9 matchup with Marquette. So how does North Carolina's first-year head coach beat another first-year head coach at his school in Shaka Smart? The key is to stay aggressive, as our Locked On Tar Heels host Isaac Shade explains. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from Locked On Tar Heels. For the second year in a row, North Carolina finds themselves in an 8-9 game in the NCAA tournament. Last year, it turned into the first first-round loss of Roy Williams' storied career. Now, this year, Coach Davis, in his first year at the head of the program, faces another coach in his first year at a new program as well, in Shaka Smart and Marquette. You might recall that the Tar Heels often struggled with Shaka Smart's Texas teams and their relentless pressure. What does that mean for this time around? Well, Caleb Love and RJ Davis are going to have to be incredibly strong with the ball. But if they are, they can get it ahead to Brady Manick and Armando Baycott, who can both have a field day, and the Tar Heels will then be able to move on to the second round. And boy, wouldn't this one be fun if Marquette transfer Dawson Garcia was still playing for the Tar Heels this year. More on this matchup all this week on Locked on Tar Heels. The nine-seed Marquette is not exactly working with a formula that has had much success in the NCAA tournament before. Marquette's on a cold streak, while UNC is hot coming into this tournament. So how do the Golden Eagles flip the tables? With more on how to get out of this first run and shake out of this funk to try and make a run, Andy Patton has more. Andy Patton here with the Locked On Zags podcast. The first year under new head coach Shaka Smart was a success as the Golden Eagles of Marquette are back in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019, securing a number nine seed and a date with the North Carolina Tar Heels in the first round. Marquette has not been playing their best basketball down the stretch, losing five of their last eight and falling to Creighton in the Big East tournament. While the Tar Heels are hot after riding a six-game winning streak, including a huge 
Big, big, big win over Duke on Coach Krzyzewski's final game in Durham before falling to Virginia Tech and the ACC tournament. Stopping forward Armando Baycott will be key for the Golden Eagles if they want to win their first NCAA tournament game since the 2013 season. Coming up next, we'll take you through the rest of the East region as we're breaking down every team's key to a victory on the whole left side of your bracket. That's coming up as we continue on with the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Preview 2022. Welcome back to the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Nate Dickinson. Let's finish now taking you through the rest of the East region to help you know what each team needs to do to get a win here to open tournament play. One of the trendy picks to make a bit of a run here in the tournament early on at least has been St. Mary's. Getting themselves a bit as a five seed will face off against the winner of the Wyoming and Indiana play-in game. And St. Mary's just has a style of play that works well in this tournament. It's efficient, it slows things down, and whoever St. Mary's faces off against will need to play one of its better games to pull off the win. Andy Patton explains exactly why it is that St. Mary's has been able to do so well in doing this kind of basketball. Andy Patton here with the Locked On Zags podcast, and the WCC had multiple teams go dancing this year, including Randy Bennett's Gales of St. Mary's, who secured a program record number five seed in the East region, where they will go up against the winner between Indiana and Wyoming in a first four matchup. Bennett's team is a hallmark of what St. Mary's has been for the past decade. They play at a snail's pace. They are really hard to score on. They force a lot of turnovers, and they scored a highly efficient rate. Both Indiana and Wyoming will need to take great care of the basketball and find a way to stop Tommy Cousy and Matias Toss on the pick and roll if they have any chance of stopping this team. This is a team that many believe could advance into the Sweet 16 or even beyond if they can continue to play the way, the way that they have played these last few games. The UCLA Bruins are the four seed in the East playing close to home early on in this tournament out in Portland to face off against the Akron Zips. And while our Locked On Pac-12 host Spencer McLaughlin says that UCLA should be able to beat Akron in this first game, he's looking ahead and says the next steps are quite a bit more difficult as they get deeper and deeper in what will hopefully be a very deep tournament run for Bruins fans. Spencer McLaughlin here for Locked On Pac-12, looking at UCLA's first-round matchup with Akron and where they stand in the East region writ large. Now, the good thing for the Bruins is they've got their games in Portland, Oregon, so they don't have to travel too far. The problem is who they could face in the later rounds. I expect them to get past the 13-seed Akron Zips, no problem. But after that, there could be some tough matchups. They'll get either, I believe, St. Mary's, who's the 5-seed, but they could also get Indiana, who's been red hot. Mike Woodson, a really good coach. Baylor's the one seed in this region. Kentucky's the two seed. Purdue is the three. Tough draw for the Bruins. Really, really tough with some talented teams surrounding them. They'll get past Akron. I, I'm pretty confident in that. But I tell you what, they're just, I wouldn't want to play that St. Mary's team. The way that they slow the game down and milk the clock is really, really difficult, especially against a team like UCLA that has great individual scores. St. Mary's got some tough defenders, but we'll see who they match up with in the second round. Tough draw for the Bruins overall. The Akron Zips won the MAC to get themselves into the NCAA tournament field, and Tyler Aki says that in order to pull off an upset against the Bruins in this first round matchup, the key is not just to get to the line. Akron has done that. Also got to make them, of course. Again, Aki has more here from this matchup in the 4-13 seed. This is Tyler Rocky from the Locked On Podcast Network. The Akron Zips, your 13 seed in the East region, they will take on UCLA out in Portland. A very tough opening matchup for the MAC champions. However, this is a Zips team that can get to the free throw line. They're fifth best in the country in free throw rate, but they have had some difficulty making those attempts. They're hitting on just 69% from the stripe this year. However, if they can get to the line, connect, and also get UCLA in a little bit of foul trouble, they'll give themselves a chance at pulling off the upset. Don't forget to check out the bracket breakdown with Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling. They're giving you all the picks that you need to know to make sure you have a winning bracket this year. Check it out on your favorite school's Locked On podcast feed or their YouTube channel. 
Texas is a six seed, but facing off against an 11 seed that may be the tottest team in the country in Virginia Tech. Of course, the Longhorns have the talent to win, and our Locked On Longhorns host, Jonathan Davis, goes over how the keys will be to make sure one of those stars for Texas goes off to make it a little bit easier for everybody else on the roster. Jonathan Davis, the host of Locked On Longhorns, checking in on Selection Sunday. We just saw that the six-seeded Texas Longhorns will face off against the number 11-seeded Virginia Tech Hokies, who just won the ACC tournament, one of the hottest teams in the country, 13-2 over their last 15 games. This is a really tough draw in the first round for Chris Beard and the Texas Longhorns. I think the key for them is somebody has to be the alpha on offense, whether it's Timmy Allen or Marcus Carr. I think one of those two players has to go for 25 plus and take some of the pressure off of everybody else on the offense, not play hot potato with the basketball. And secondly, they're going to have to run Virginia Tech off the three point line. This is a team that is shooting 40 percent from the three point line over their last 15 games if they want to have a chance to move to the round of 32. So once again, they need to find that alpha on offense and run Virginia Tech off the three-point line, continue to play that defense that led them to have the best-scoring defense in the Big 12. Jonathan Davis from Locked On Longhorns checking in. Again, Virginia Tech is just hot. They won the ACC tournament, get themselves into this tournament now as an 11 seed. So the Hokies are obviously ready to play, and they've got the experience to try and make a run in this tournament like they did the ACC. Candace Cooper goes over the keys to being able to get past this first round test in Texas. What's up, everybody? Candace Cooper here, Locked On ACC Podcast in Virginia Tech. Your ACC champions are in. They are the number 11 seed on face-off against a number 16 Texas in the East region. Talk about some veteran leadership, right? They will have to lean on them in order to get out of this first round. But more importantly, you've seen the fight and hunger out of guys like Storm Murphy, Justin Mutz. we got a Lumo ready to go. Everyone is in position to deliver a really good tournament run if they want to. They were always in their own way, and now the Hokies have an opportunity to dance big in March. So East Region, they will face off against Texas. Man, welcome to the madness. The Purdue Boilermakers are a three seed out of the Big Ten, and they've got a matchup with Yale that could cause a little bit of trouble. But Purdue, of course, has the physicality and the size to be able to dominate this Bulldog team. Jay Stevens again in to tell us more on what Purdue needs to do to make sure it doesn't slip up here in the early rounds. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jay Stevens, a contributor for the Locked On Big Ten podcast, and the Purdue Boilermakers, the number three seed in their region of the NCAA tournament, will be facing off with a number 14 seed in the same region, the Yale Bulldogs, in the first round. What do the Boilermakers need to do to move on to the second round? Number one, throw multiple bodies at Mr. Azar Swain. Azar Swain averages 19.1 points per game for Yale. He had 23 points in the Ivy League Championship game. He's only averaging about 41% from the field. Throw multiple bodies at him, not allow him to get the same look twice. Number two, play through Zach Eady and Travion Williams. Zach Eady had 14 rebounds in the Big Ten Tournament Championship game. Travion Williams off the bench had a double-double. Yale does not have the size to combat the size of Edie and Williams. It should be a fun, easy game for those two gentlemen. And then number three, finish the game. We saw how Purdue did not finish the game in the Big Ten Tournament Championship game, and they lost that game to Iowa. Luckily for Purdue, Yale is not the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Purdue Boilermakers have a really good shot of not only winning their first-round matchup, but also going deep in this year's NC2A tournament. The Ivy League is finally dancing again after taking a couple of years off due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Their representative is the Yale Bulldogs. But how do you upset a Purdue team that, again, is one of the biggest in the country and has just everything in there to be able to beat you? The key is keeping up with the Boilermakers because while Purdue can do just about anything on offense, it'll be key to keeping up with one of the worst defenses out there and getting into a scoring group. Isaac Shade again explains here how Yale can try and pull off a big upset. 
Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from the Locked On Podcast Network. Great news, folks. The smart kids finally decided to join college basketball again this season. And so for the first time since the 2019 tournament, an Ivy League school is back in the dance. That means the Yale Bulldogs are the 14th seed in the East region, taking on the third seeded and the nation's number three team in terms of offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, the Purdue Boilermakers. The kicker, though? Purdue is just 100th in defensive efficiency. They are this year's Iowa. So what does that mean? Purdue can score with anyone in the country. But Yale has a great shot at trying to get out there and exploit that weak defense and just first team to 100 wins. So if Yale can figure out how to attack that porous defense, they could be sailing on to the second round. To help do that, look no further than Azar Swain in his 19.1 points per game. The Racers of Murray State won the Ohio Valley Championship, but of course would have been anyway and earn a seven seed. In fact, many think that this team could have been under-seeded as well as a seventh seed. Isaac Shade explains more on that and the key to being able to knock off another really good mid-major in the first round matchup. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from the Locked On Podcast Network. Ohio Valley Tournament champion Murray State earned the seventh seed in the East region where they will take on the Dons of San Francisco out of the West Coast Conference in the first round on Thursday. The Fighting John Morants are this year's Loyola, a, a team that's underseeded that no higher seed wants anything to do with. In case you're wondering, it's Kentucky as the two seed who they would face in the second round. But you got to get past San Francisco first. Speaking of Morant, current team leaders KJ Williams and Tevin Brown were part of that Racers team that upset Marquette back in 2019. Murray State advances past this game into the second round precisely because they are a team who can win in any style, at any tempo, no matter what you throw at them. As evidence of this, they have the highest winning percentage in all of Division I at 30 wins and two losses. They haven't lost since late December. The racers are rolling right on into March. Mid-majors are always a favorite, especially when they get decent seeds in this tournament. But unfortunately, two of them play each other, and one of them is going to have to go in this first-round matchup between Murray State and the 10-seed San Francisco. The Dons are in the tournament for the first time this century. Andy Patton goes over what they need to do to make sure it's not a short stay. Andy Patton here with the Locked on Zags podcast. For the first time since 1998, the Dons of San Francisco are going dancing. They secured an at-large bid after an incredible season where they went 24-9 and with elite-level metrics thanks to extraordinary performances from guard Jamari Bouye and center Yuhen Misalski, not to mention excellent coaching from up-and-coming star Todd Golden. USF will get tested right away against another outstanding mid-major program in Murray State, who went an incredible 30-2 this season, undefeated in conference play. The Racers are led by K.J. Williams in the front court and Tevin Brown in the back court. This promises to be an extremely exciting chess match between two of college basketball's best up-and-coming mid-major programs. The winner gets a chance to face off against John Calipari's Kentucky squad with a school-altering win on the line. The winner of that Murray State-San Francisco matchup will face off likely at least against the two-seed in Kentucky. And while the Wildcats certainly are not overlooking the next matchup coming up against St. Peter's, there is also a lot to go well for the Wildcats in this one too. It's an undersized team whose weaknesses really, really just fit into what the Wildcats do well, as Lance Daw of Locked On explains. Lance Dahl here with Locked On Kentucky, the Kentucky Wildcats, a two-seed in the NCAA tournament taking on St. Peter's in the first round. Honestly, when you look at St. Peter's numbers, these it seems like a pretty good matchup for the Wildcats. Uh, St. Peter's is relatively undersized. Uh, offensively, they're inept in a lot of different categories, a slower-paced team. 
Uh, defensively, they've got some issues as well. Obviously, uh, you would like to think that any given two seed is going to be favored heavily over a 15 seed, but whenever you dive into St. Peter's numbers a little bit, does not really seem like they will be much of a threat to the Wildcats, at least hopefully. Uh, coming up this week, we are going to be previewing that matchup a lot. We're going to be uh, taking a look at some more in-depth statistics. We're going to be talking about some film. We're going to be talking about some of the things that Kentucky needs to do better uh, heading into this NCAA tournament guard play. Obviously, one of the major concerns for the Tigers right now. All of that and more coming up this week on Locked On Kentucky. St. Peter's is the 15 seed, and the key could be in beating Kentucky a whole lot of things, but one of them needs to be that St. Peter's just has to make sure it doesn't beat itself. Let's send it back over to Tyler Aki, who has more on exactly how they pull that off. This is Tyler Aki from the Locked On Podcast Network. The St. Peter's Peacocks are your 15 seed in the East region. They will take on the Kentucky Wildcats. No easy task there. However, the Peacocks did win their final seven games en route to a MAC championship. They boast a top 35 defense in the nation, according to Ken Palm, and if they can contain Oscar Shibwe, they can give themselves a chance. However, they are going to have to take care of the basketball, sitting outside the top 300 in the country in turnover rate. But luckily for the Peacocks, Kentucky, not a team that will force a lot of turnovers. They sit outside the top 230 in forcing turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. Be sure to check out Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling on the Bracket Breakdown. Check out your favorite school's Locked On podcast feed or their YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us here on Odyssey and Locked On's Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Preview 2022. Coming up tomorrow, we've got the right side of the bracket, the South and the Midwest. Can the SEC run rampant into the next round? We'll introduce you to the rest of the teams and matchups in tomorrow's episode of the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Preview 2022. I'm Nate Dickinson. I'll talk to you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 